Across many spiritual traditions, we learn that divinity is in the heart. I believe that within us, within each one of us, lies a perfectly unique ray of divine light. Our job is to get out of our heads and into our hearts in order to live with courage from a place of truth, service, and connection to all of life. This show is about building a life and business that you'll love with your whole self. It has been said that words spoken from the heart enter the heart. And as such, this show is about real journeys, challenges, and lessons of real people whose stories and advice can guide you on your journey, our journey. Welcome to the show. Before we get started with our guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you a female entrepreneur looking to grow your purpose-based business? Could you benefit from support, inspiration, and accountability on your business building journey? I invite you to apply to my masterminding community. We are building real relationships in a space of trust. It is a breath of freedom, and I think you could really bring a lot and benefit a lot from the group. We are all about putting our minds and our hearts together to build the businesses and the lives that this world needs most. Hop on over to drozzy.co backslash rise mastermind. That's R-I-S-E mastermind and fill out an application today. You can also click the link in the show notes and I really look forward to reading your application and connecting with you personally. All right, welcome everybody. I am so, so thrilled to welcome today's guest, my new clubhouse bestie, as she calls me, Annie Ruggles. And Annie is here, she's tuning in from Chicago. For almost a decade, Annie has harnessed her Hulk-like, this is her bio, she wrote it, okay? Her Hulk-like disdain for hard sales, tacky self-promotion, and overly competitive sleazeballs as inspiration to help people find better ways to grow their small businesses. As the founder of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, she's guided hundreds of people toward making deeper connections, lasting impressions, and friendlier, more lucrative transactions and conversations. Today, we have Annie joining us. I'm so excited. We're going to talk all about selling with heart. How do we grow our impact, grow our businesses, and serve in bigger and more impactful ways and stay authentic? It's so good. It is so good. Welcome to the community. Annie, I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks, Dr. A. I'm delighted to be here. Hi, everybody. (laughs) it's it's a joy to see you again we had so much fun earlier today yeah it's double us day double bestie day it's double us day absolutely and so you know immediately when we met weeks back i thought this is going to be the perfect conversation for the community because you know i know that so many of us can we have clarity on what we want to do, why we want to do it. But for some reason, when it comes time to communicate that we don't have the strategies and we might not feel comfortable. And you know, it's, it's, it's so clear to me why not, because 
raise your hand if you were like trained professionally in, in a discipline, but nobody ever taught you how to sell in that discipline or to market in that discipline, right? I meet therapists of all sorts and business people of all sorts who know their thing so well, but there's a missing piece. So we're here today to fill that missing piece and talk all about it. We're going to talk about sell, how where sales comes up, okay? Why it's so important, why it's so hard, and also what we can do about it, okay? So Annie, why don't we go ahead and start off talking about how you got into the sales for empaths and, and like what are those particular challenges that you see so often? So I was the most sales avoidant human being on this earth, period. There was no one more sales avoidant. There was no one more nauseated when it came time to ask for money than me. However, that was in direct opposition with how hard I was working, how badly I wanted to serve others, right? The fact that my days were flying by, my bank account wasn't filling up, I was exhausted, my husband was exhausted for me, and I was like, whoa, hold on. I am one of the best marketers that I have ever seen. It took me a long time for me to be able to say that. But then once I did, I was like, oh, okay. But I'm one of the best marketers that I have ever seen. And at the point in my business where I've been around long enough that I could say that, why am I so freaking broke? Like what? And why are my clients broke? My clients should not be broke. They're partnering with me. What? And they're doing everything I tell them to. What? 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 And so I said, let me listen to your sales calls. And they said, no. And I said, why? And they said, because they're embarrassing. I don't want you to hear those. Oh, I hate them. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. And then I thought, how would I feel if somebody listened to my sales calls? Same feeling. Weird shame, weird embarrassment. They're going to know what I'm not talking. Like, they don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to have imposter syndrome. Blah, 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 blah. Same thing with sales pages. Marketing for literal months, ladies. Months and months of marketing. And then I say, well, let's take a peek at your sales page. Same thing. They're like, I don't have one. I don't want one. Or I have it, but you can't see it. And I realized that until we changed our relationship with selling, that we would never, ever, ever be successful because we would stuck, we'd be stuck in that hamster wheel of excess marketing forever with our dream in our pocket, trying to give it to somebody and not being able to give that back out. So what happened with sales for empaths was I thought, you know what? I understand why people are wary of sales. I get it especially the kinds of people that I work with who are heart-on-the-sleeve, do-gooder people. Like the people that show up every day and are like, I just want to help someone today. Those people. Why are those people so anti-selling? And so I went on this journey, this voyage, this quest to figure that out. I read 138 sales books in rapid succession, and I discovered the weirdest phenomenon of my life, which is how I got here last final chapter of this long long story spanning a decade i read all these books and all of these books said in order to be a master salesperson 
The only trait you need to garner is empathy. That's it. The only trait you need to be an amazing salesperson is empathy. Book after book after book written by giant after giant after giant. All men, by the way. Everyone needs empathy. Empathy's the million dollar. It's the billionaire maker. Empathy, empathy. And I thought to myself, that's absolutely hysterical because I spend all day in this empathic spongy state with other human sponges who are literally oozing empathy and all of us assume that we're terrible at sales. Hmm. So how do we take the empathy that everyone says that we need to build, not naturally have, which is goofy, but build all this empathy? How do we take that and remove all of the nastiness out of it? That's what I've been focused on for the last two years. In that, if you remove all semblance of sleaze and you reframe people's relationship with selling, then the sale becomes easy using the empathy that you've had all along. Mm. So it's that's so good. It, it, it's so good. You know, we had this conversation about why sales today is not sales 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because no longer is there asymmetry in information, meaning it used to be before the internet and before ratings and reviews and social media that somebody could sell a used car and get away with it and not tell you that it's yes! miss- missing an engine. Okay. Today, if that happens, they will get slammed on Yelp and social media and everywhere. So it's really not buyer beware. It's it's much more so seller beware. Like honesty mm-hmm. has to be present in business if mm-hmm. you want to last, right? Because, yep. because of this issue. And yet a lot of people are still getting away with greedy behaviors because they want to make a one-time sale. Mm. They want to get somebody into their program, right? Y'all are building programs. They want to get somebody into their program one time. They want one high ticket sale. Now, it's still bad business to burn that one high ticket sale and expect that that one high ticket sale won't tell 10 other prospects. There are people that have marketing engines big enough to be able to make those kinds of, I say mistakes, they would say strategic choices. Okay, but one of the things that I see more and more is that if you treat someone at any price point, the highest of the high and the lowest of the low, if you never lose sight of the fact that the person that you're selling to is a human being or a spiritual being having a human experience, depending on how you define things. There's someone on the other end of that transaction. If you honor the person before, during, and after the transaction, the actual uh, 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 transaction. After, there we go. There's the word transaction. Then you get the lifetime value of the client because then they come back in the form of referrals, in the form of testimonials in the form of repeat business anybody can con you into a sale one time annie because you know i'm super woo they come back to you in the form of love and positive energy in the yes yes 
Okay. So today is all about integrity and honesty and positive feelings in the universe. And so we're going to talk about strategies. What strategies do we know? What strategies do we need when we're going to do this? So we have all of these situations happening and we're all going to be interacting with different ways with our clients, right? We have social media, we have sales pages, we have, um, some of us are doing like the live launches, which are like the, you know, if you remember back in the 1980s, does anybody's mom have a Tupperware party or like a, a t right? So that was the live launch before the internet. People would yes. come to your house and they would bring yes. Tupperware and you'd get together and you'd eat like appetizers and, and, and hot drinks and you'd buy Tupperware. So now we do that on the internet. We have challenges and retreats and live launches. So there's that. There's sales pages, there's emails, and then there are conversations with real people. Can so, we go back to the Tupperware? I would really, like, I, I haven't been to one. I'm almost 37. I can only assume. But from what you see, like, that method of selling just seems so nice, except for, like, the jello with, like, the weird coleslaw in it. Okay, yes. Annie, Annie, here's the deal. If you come to Israel, I'll make you a Tupperware party. Okay. But no jello molds. No jello molds. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, so that's the thing. It's like you're getting people together. People knew they were going to the Tupperware parties to buy Tupperware. They wanted the Tupperware. People want your thing. But as Annie and I were discussing earlier, there's this process that goes on when, when people are especially choosing life changing purchases. Okay. And, 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 and purchases that cost money or purchases they're not sure if they will be able to make the transformation. They yes. might be sure about you. You're an expert, but they're not yes. sure if they can do it. So Annie had such a brilliant way of explaining this. And she said, listen, she said sales on a sales page or in a sales conversation, it's a coaching process. You're literally coaching people through their own resistance to change. Mm -hmm. And that's something that happens in the brain. The brain seeks homeostasis. It doesn't want change. It wants to stay the same. So you, as the person who's helping them through this process, helping them to buy the thing, you are holding their hand and coaching them. I loved how you explained that. So I'm curious if yeah. you can walk us through like the different scenarios, like what strategies do we need? How can we re um, sort of like re-envision this, think about it differently and, and make some, some changes to our processes, uh, in order to, 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 to do that, to coach the people. So there's mental stuff and strategic stuff, and they're both really easy in their separate buckets, but you have to do both. So I'm going to ask all of you to commit to at least one of the mindset pieces and one of the strategic pieces, because I promise in combination, that's where the magic happens, okay? The first thing is understand that because you have been sold to badly, I usually say potty mouth words in this sentence, so let me say this in a very nice, sweet way. Because you've been sold to by people that are greedy, or by people that don't know better on how not to act greedy, we have it in our heads that that is what selling is. And that is reinforced all the time, every single time you yourself or someone you love or one of your clients is sold too badly. If all you are getting from the cosmos, from 
books and media and trainings and, and real life experience are negative examples of sales, then number one, sales avoidance is not your fault. It has been thrust upon you. Okay, but once you reframe it, if you carry that energy with you, then it does become your fault. So the fact that you have it is not your fault. Choosing to keep it will be your fault because the number one definition, the where the C's part between sleazy sales and non-sleazy sales, sleazy sales will sell someone no matter what the person wants, they will sell them what the salesman wants them to buy. Okay, I'm going to sell you the most expensive car on the lot. I'm going to sell you today's special. I'm going to sell you what I'm launching at the price point. You can put it on a credit card, suck it up. Okay, that is sleazy selling. If you remove that barrier and you say there's a human being on the other end of this transaction, I said it right that time, or a person having a human, or a spiritual person having a human experience. If you know that they are there and you say, I am going to sell to this person if I am right for this person, no matter how much I want them to buy, I am only going to sell to them if we are a fit, then already you're not going to hurt anybody by just saying, hey, this is the price for this thing which is really all that selling is. Okay, so forgive yourself for any sales avoidance you have had in the past. It is not your fault. It is a global pandemic like the one that we're in now. Okay, it's just awful. It's everywhere. Doesn't mean you have to continue it. That's number one. That's the reframe. Here's the kicker, and I'm going to double down on that. With the kind of transformations that you provide, whether you're launching a startup, a course, whatever it is, if you're marketing it, that it's possible. If you're marketing it, that the transformation is available to people and then you don't let them buy it, you are hurting them more by withholding it than you're worried about hurting them selling it. Think about that. If you okay. withhold so, so it. Let's, let's see if we can, we can say that, like, let's say that one more time. If we yes. don't let someone, right, if we don't give them the opportunity to buy something, we are yes. hurting them more by denying them the opportunity. Yes. Let me explain it this way. Let me explain it this way. Uh, Dr. A, what is one of your absolute favorite foods? Lettuce. <laughs> Lettuce. Okay. Okay. That is not it all what I was expecting to come out of Dr. A's mouth. But then I didn't know if that would count as food. Nope, nope, we are rolling with lettuce, which is gonna make this this example real weird, but here we go, lettuce. Dr. A decides she's given up everything. She's gonna be a lettuce farmer, straight up lettuce farmer. And she knows, right? She knows that lettuce is an underappreciated vegetable. Okay? People treat it like a garnish. It's not a garnish. Good lettuce is amazing. So Dr. A has gone on to social media, her website, her circles, y'all, and been like, guess what? No more courses. It's all about the lettuce, baby. I'm going to change your relationship with lettuce. I'm going to transform your life through lettuce. Yes, 
lettuce all the time. And then Dr. A goes on social and is posting all these pictures of all this lettuce. Lettuce is so amazing. Lettuce is the greatest lettuce that ever was lettuce. Look at it. It's not spinach. It's not arugula. It's lettuce. Lettuce, lettuce, lettuce. And then she says, come, everyone, try this lettuce. And there is a parade sponsored by Dr. A leading up to the lettuce. And then the lettuce comes out. <laughs> Dr. A's got one piece of lettuce under glass that no one can see or touch. Number one, we're all going to be real angry that we have been promised lettuce that we cannot eat. Number two, we are all going to be really disappointed because we're going to be hungry, like I just said. Number three, we're going to be mad at Dr. A. We're going to be like, hey, you said come experience this magical more than a garnish lettuce. Why won't you let us buy your lettuce? <laughs> Why won't you let us buy the lettuce? Why won't you? It's maddening. It's maddening, especially if you get someone over what we were talking about at the beginning, which is over that resistance. Now, granted, I don't think a whole lot of people have a very strong aversion to lettuce. Some people may. I don't know. I used to be afraid of mayonnaise as a kid. Anything is possible. But I don't think over the hurdle of, like, lettuce. But then if you get me to look at lettuce differently, and then you go back to it being just normal, sleazy, plain iceberg, you can get it anywhere, lettuce. Buy it at Seven Eleven dollar store lettuce. Like, no, no, I'm not going to want your lettuce anymore. Yeah. You teased so it's, me. It's, you were a it's lettuce tease. Absolutely. Tea. It's the organic romaine. I have, there's, like, five varieties in my fridge. I'll take a picture. I'll post it later. But I hear what you're saying. It's like, why would I share about the lettuce all over social media that I don't let you buy it? It's, it's not nice. It's you don't even let them try it in its full capacity. You're not even saying, I'll sell you one stinking piece of lettuce to put on a sandwich. You're not giving them anything. You can't do that. We cannot be lettuce teases. Okay? Yeah. No yeah. lettuce teases. Don't do it. Instead, say, I have put all this time all this energy, all this money, and all of this trust in myself, faith in myself, energy, my life. I have dedicated my life to lettuce. I'm going to let people buy that lettuce. You don't have to sell the lettuce disgustingly. You can sell the lettuce as a wonderful person. You can tell everyone how your relationship with lettuce began, and you can guarantee that people will love your lettuce with a cashback guarantee. You can do whatever you want to make the sale feel right as long as the sale is happening. And so the strategic thing on this lettuce is, and I want y'all to practice this because it's so stupidly sounding and goofy, 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 but it's totally true. Whatever the price of your thing is, all of the insecurity that you have about selling shows up in a very specific place on sales calls. And it's in the moment after we say the price. If we say the price at all. If we don't say the price at all, then you know you're really freaking out. Well, but if you say the price and immediately start to panic, what happens is we go, okay, so it's $1,200. But for you, I mean, you're in Israel, the world economy, there's a pandemic and all of these things. I'm like, I'm trying, I don't want to gouge you. Like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So you know what? It's $1,200 for most people, but I have a payment plan. But even that, like, that's a lot. There's a pandemic and da, da, da. No, no. Mm, mm. I want you to get to the point where you are walking around your house. 
okay? I want you to look at something in your house or if you could pick it up, pick it up. Everyone get an item. All right, ready? Here's what you're gonna say. Whatever the price, and if you don't have the price, the approximate price, whatever the price of your most expensive item is, I want you to say this, insert your item here, costs your highest price item. So for me, that's my $2,300 retainer. This pen costs $2,300. This Sharpie costs $2,300. This mug costs $2,300. My microphone costs $2,300. Say it over and over. This, this cart costs $2,300. This cart costs $2,300. This, I think it was supposed to be a paperweight whale that I got at Goodwill is now worth $2,300. It's worth $2,300. This is worth 20. This empty can of LaCroix is worth $2,300. Just get the number into your mouth. As goofy as that is, get the number into your mouth and then... The only other part of the strategy you have to nail is practice. This is crazy, especially coming from me and said with oodles and poodles of respect. But here we go. The final kicker to this transformation out of sales avoidance is say the price and then shut your beautiful mouths. Hmm. As one of the loudest humans on this planet, I understand the irony of telling y'all to shut up, okay? But shush, shush it, shush. How can anyone make a decision when you're babbling at them? They can't. So you're gonna say, the cost for that program is $2,300. Then you're gonna come up with a question to put it on them in a gentle way. I say, how does that land on you? You could try, does that work for you? How does, does that, that resonate with you? How does that resonate with you? How does that land on you? Is that about what you were expecting? Whatever it is, but it goes like this. Ready? Price. Question that says you in relation to the price. And then you hush. And then you just hush. I've listened to hundreds of sales calls. I'm telling you, if I only could give every single one of those calls one piece of advice, it would be say the price and then hush. Okay, Annie, let's practice this together, okay? Okay. Okay. So essentially, and, and I'm gonna go with the number that you said, you said $2,300, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Annie, um, this, this is a heart. It's a really, really special heart. On on the heart, it says magic is in you. Ooh. And it costs $2,300. Ask me the question with you. How does that resonate with you? You know, I got to think about Hi. that, right? Because here's the thing, though. Get this. If you say, how does that land on you? And you see hesitation, then you know you have a true financial hesitation. Mm -hmm. Right. Because one of the main hesitations you're going to run into, whether you're selling underpants or giant plots of land or satellites in space, whatever it is, you're going to hit some price objections. They just happen. But by which saying is, which is and let's normalize this. Right. This is just what humans do. They're trying to make yes! experience. Yes. We're all trying to make the best choices for ourselves.
okay? And one of the things that is the easiest thing to say to another human is, whoa, that's too expensive. Whoa, that's too expensive underneath it could mean I'm scared. It could mean I don't want to ask my husband for this. It could mean I don't want to have this painful conversation. It may mean I don't want to look at myself in this way. It may mean I don't actually want what you're selling me, but I'm just going to tell you it's too expensive so I don't have to say no. It may mean anything. Or it may be what they're actually saying to you, which is that is not the price I was expecting. But if you put it back on how does that resonate with you, then you'll get an answer that will show you whether or not there is a financial objection. Yeah. So I think this is, I think this is a really, really interesting conversation. So when she asked the question, she said, um, I know it's a really good deal, right? And she was selling a high ticket coaching program, but that's what she said. I know it's an amazing deal. It's, it's so full of value. And what am I going to do other than shake my head? Yes. Right. Like it was surprising to me. It, It was something I'd never heard before. I both really like and really dislike that depending on the situation and the price point. Yeah, it it was, it was, I think in the world of like coaching packages, actually a really good deal. Yeah. And that's awesome. Anytime that anything is actually a really great deal, then that's awesome. Because it was honest. She was being honest and she, it's so full of value. It, it comes down to strategically how you cast the play because just because something is a really good deal still doesn't mean someone can afford it still doesn't mean that it's necessarily the right financial choice for them and you don't want someone to feel extra bad for turning you down because they can't afford it so right so yeah absolutely um and if you say listen everybody that works with me will tell you that that is a steal you will make that money back right that if you tie it into what i was gonna ask you next because we spoke a little bit earlier about and this this goes for some of us and not all of us what if the service you're providing is going to give someone a profit now the service Mm -hmm. you're providing if you start thinking about this in dollars you, no matter what you're doing, might end up saving your client a lot of money over the course of their life because they're going to live smarter. Yeah. You know, kids are going to have what they need or they're going to avoid a lot of relationship woes or whatever, you know, whatever it is. I'm curious, Annie, how do we, in those various scenarios, like how do we communicate the value of the purchase? It depends on what you're selling. Right? Some things are intangible. If I tell you that I'm going to help you heal your relationship with God, that's going to have different ROI than if I tell you I'm going to make you money, I'm going to make you lose 10 pounds, or I'm going to teach you all of the reasons why you should be eating lettuce. Right? Because the first one, the way that you say it, like it doesn't necessarily sound concrete or tangible. Right. Right. But there are four different types of buyers, and I don't have time to go into all this right now, but understand that if I reduce that, if I boiled that all the way down, all four types, there are fact-based buyers and emotion-based buyers, and everyone is somewhere on the combination, right? We all need a little bit of fact. We all need a little bit of story. So. Some people need almost all fact and almost no story. Some people need a flip. Some people are like, okay, you gave me the sparkle, now gave me the meat, whatever it may be, okay? But when you are talking about the value, no matter what it is, 
I want you to make sure that you're talking about the emotional need, including the pain point, which you're automatically going to do compassionately because you're a good person. So don't shy away from it. But address the pain point, the emotion, and the after emotion. That's the positive, right? The nasty and the beautiful. Emphasis on the beautiful toward the end. But also say, okay, well, you're buying seven sessions. Even that is a fact. Don't say a package. Say seven sessions. There's your detail. Right now, you can't tell me that on, at the end of session five, I will have a miracle, you know, and I will have this incredible, amazing thing. But you can say you're buying seven sessions. The goal of session one is this. The goal of session two is this. The goal of session like three that. is this. Right. Because you're saying these are the things that you're going to do by contracting me. You are putting yourself in this vein. You are eating this lettuce. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Here it is. But it's got to have emotion and grit. If it's all sparkle, you're going to get a lot of people that don't understand why they're paying you for something so shiny. Okay. Even if Annie, I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball. It's, it's 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 I think this is a hard question. Um, I love it. I know you're here for it. Okay, so there's a lot of talk in marketing and sales about a promise. Tell the people what you're promising them. What are they going to walk away from? You know, what are they going to walk away with? Um, are they going to finish your course on relationships and 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 find their, you know, their perfect match? Is that the promise? Is the promise that they're going to go to your coaching program and they're going to leave in, in the best shape of their life? Like, you know, there's this promise of a program, but then you're not dealing with robots. We're dealing with humans who mm -hmm. make choices and either they implement and take action or they don't. So how do we talk about the promise of a program? And I know you mentioned goals. You said mm -hmm. the goal of the seven sessions is this. Mm -hmm. You didn't say promise. So I'm no. curious, how, where are you at when, when it comes to like promising things in, in sales? I love to under promise and over deliver. Honestly, it's not the best or easiest marketing choice for short term selling. Remember, I told you everybody could sell anything one time. Right. But that's where a lot of the overpromising comes in. I like to say that at a minimum, if you go through my program, you will A, B, C, and D, which may result in E, F, G, and H. Right. So if you do this, I, I'll use um, I'll use sales for MPS as an example. If you take my program, you will learn how to handle objections. You will learn how to close sales, how to follow up, how to deal with notes, how to deal with maybes. That's in curriculum. You will learn that if you show up and you watch the videos, guaranteed. Boom. But if you apply the things you learned, mm. then you, like the customers before you, that have taken this course, this program, this thing, or my clients before you, if the program is new, or me in my own life, if you're starting off with yourself, right? If you apply these lessons, you apply. Yeah. then you very well could also experience things that your clients have experienced, which yeah, is why I, I love testimonials I like, I like so much. And, um, you know, it's interesting because in the course creation program in Legacy Lab, we practice on the very first lesson is one conversation, one person, one idea. And so you, you finish with a testimonial.
right? Mm -hmm. So then you can say, if you, right, if you implement the, the thing and, you know, be able to mm -hmm. have more creative ideas or make more creative things. Okay. I like this a lot. We got it. We got a lot of questions. All right. We got a sale. Next one is really, really good because it's all about selling in a message, selling in a WhatsApp message, selling in an Instagram story, text, Facebook messenger. We're all doing this thing. So let's talk about that. So the question is, what if you're typing or have typed the price instead of saying it? What if you are, aren't saying the price, but typing on a message, you see that you can help people, but there's always a piece of you that wonders like, well, what if it, you know, like, what if it doesn't work? I say this all the time. If you get nervous in sales situations, awesome. Good for you. Cause you care. Cause you care. Because you're worried about whether or not what you're selling is right for the person you're selling it to. Amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. You get a big checkbox in the box that says, is this a good person? Check. If you're nervous, check. Okay, cool. Great. Um, okay. We have another question about true financial hesitations. So this is, you know, really helping people in vulnerable situations. Should you automatically offer a discount as that you as the seller and they as the buyer can live with, mm -hmm. or do you dig in your heels? Figure out where the true bar of resentment is. And I don't say bar of resentment with any judgment because even the most saintly, wonderful human has some price that is too low for them to offer it without hurting themselves. Okay, Did so figure bar of resentment. Bar of resentment. Meaning, how far could you lower your price before? Because you don't want to be working with someone who you would be resenting. When you get a true financial objection and a payment plan will not help, nine times out of ten, a payment plan will save it. I offer a twelve payment plan for a program under five hundred dollars. People think I am cuckoo bananas, right? But I make it happen. I make it work. It's okay. But for you, because these are serious issues that people understand that they should invest in, right? Then I would say, I want to work with a select number of clients at this rate, but, but keep a bank in your head of time and money. This is critically important. Okay. So for my mind, the way that I keep track of this is I have one of those fundraising thermometers that they fill in with the red marker to see how much more money they need to keep making. Hmm. I'm going to say I'm going to take 20 dedicated. I'm going to take 20 discounted hours this month. I'm at 19. I got to wait for them to ask for next month. Not too long, not for a year, but I got to wait for them to ask for next month. I don't have the bandwidth or I'm going to dedicate up to I'm going to donate up to $2,000 of loss per quarter. Hmm so that I'm not hurting myself. And then based on time and money, which is your own boundary and what you need to receive in order to not burn yourself out or abuse yourself in the process of serving others, which we have all done, mm -hmm. right? Is if I offer them this price and they cannot meet that price, I will load them up with resources. I will refer them to other people. I will this, I will that, I will this, but I cannot take one penny less than this. Knowing ahead of time what that number is, and this is for every single one of you, knowing ahead of time where that number is 
is going to save you the pain of having to try to come up with it in the moment and either sacrificing too much of yourself or making the other person feel real nasty. Yeah, this is this is really good. Building it into your business plan, whatever mm-hmm. the thing is. I have two questions. Okay, so yes. the first one is about can you offer added value rather than lowering the price? Like meaning, oh, I also have a support group. You can join that as a bonus. Or mm-hmm. I also have an amazing course that I'm going to give you. Or, or, where are you at with that? Yeah, I will always listen. In dire financial straits, you are going to want to work with that person. My my default will always be see if there's a payment plan possibility and know where the bar of resentment bottom line is, okay? Mm-hmm. Beyond that. That's, that's always going to be that one. But if there's not a dire financial objection and you want to do something like have a launch or have a birthday party for yourself or spin a... Oh, it's not in here. My prize wheel. I have a prize wheel, y'all. An actual prize wheel. Like, if I just want to spin my prize wheel, every single thing on that prize wheel is in addition to my program. None of it says 5% off, 10% off, 20% off. None of it says that. It says free 45-minute session with me. Right? It says additions, 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 additions. Anytime you can offer someone more do that. Would you rather save 10% on ice cream or get another scoop of ice cream? Such wisdom, such wisdom. Annie P. Ruggles, thank you so much for joining us. This has been such an amazing hour. It flew by. I was laughing thank most you. of the time and that learning. Was a whole That's hour? A seriously That's rare crazy. combination. Annie, thank you so much. It's just been absolutely incredible having you here. My pleasure. As we stay in the States, don't be a stranger. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for listening. What was one takeaway that you heard from the show today? Can you think of somebody else who would benefit from learning that? I invite you to teach that takeaway to one person. One of the greatest ways to learn is to teach. You can message someone and share the idea, or even better, send them a link to listen to this episode. You're going to go ahead and provide them with the help that they need, and you're also helping this show, helping me to reach more people with this message. So go ahead and share it with a friend, and if you want to share this on social, you can tag me. I'm Ozzy.Jinkovic on Instagram, and if you tag me in your stories, I will reshare it, and I will also send you a little something as a thank you. It means so much to me that you spend your time here and I want to make this show as helpful for you as possible. So I also invite you to reach out to me and let me know what you're going through. What challenges do you have? What questions do you have? All of your direct messages are confidential. I will read them all and I will respond to them all as well. So be in touch with me and wherever you are in the world, I hope that you're meeting yourself with kindness and I know that you are because you set aside this time to work on your life and on your business and that is absolutely incredible. Abundant blessings and until next time.